How would you express to somebody hatred? This is not that anger or hatred which leads to violence. They had a scenario where there was two women relationship yeah. and you, and now there's two men and one woman. How would you compare those two and which one is sort of easier? I noticed that I'm jealous and I noticed how I'm trying to blame you, yeah. but I understand that this is not you to blame, this is not me, and I just feel jealous. And I do want to talk about AI for sure. AI will bring a lot of horrible stuff, but we need more people on the good side. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Soul to Soul. I have a very special guest today. My guest today is Dima. Dima is a founder of two amazing projects. One of them is Handle AI, which is a robust AI documentation platform backed by Y Combinator. He shares an amazing tips how AI, how ChatGPT can help to save you a bunch of time. He also shares what are some of the opportunities in the AI space that you can capitalize on. The second project is Emotional Tantra. He helps people to get connected to their emotion, to their body, how to process and express feeling this anger and hatred in a peaceful way without creating any conflict this is an amazing podcast and from different angles we explore all things of humanity and i'm sure we'll give you amazing tools to get with you and to help you to live more fulfilling lives so please enjoy my conversation with dima first of all thank you for coming you had an accident surfing accident you broke a couple of rips and still did it how are you feeling Thank you for checking in. I feel myself not in my best shape, physically and mentally. And I kind of feel as I lost connection with my body. And that connection with my body is fundamental for my like mental state, being able to create stuff. But for some reason it happened. Everything has a purpose, I guess. <laughs> for sure. Um, so let's talk about your practices, embodiment practices. I see you on Instagram, you're a lot with a rope. You do some interesting movements. Uh, how did that came into your life and what is it? Mm. How what role does it play, I guess? Thank you so much for that question. First of all, I need to tell uh, like everybody that as a child, I was super uh, like mental person. My background was in mathematics, physics. So I was a child which always like lose yourself in some mathematical problems. I was pretty disconnected from my bodily sensations, from emotions. There's a lot of funny, funny stories as, for example, as a child, you start to explore like uh, connection with girls. And I do remember whenever we speak, for example, about some music or emotions, I, I always uh, brought some mathematical perspective. All right. And this is, that was not like the best things you can speak <laughs> with like other human being. But anyway, and at some moment I have an accident, probably uh, that was like 2008, distant past. I lost my friend in, in the accident. I was unconscious. That was car accident. And after the situation, uh, I connected with like several good, good psychotherapists near uh, physicians. And they basically focused myself uh, on that I have very loose connection to my bodily sensation, to my emotions. And that accident was a wake-up call for me because a lot of kind of ne neurological stuff started coming up. And they just told me that whenever I don't want to 
burn myself down, I need to develop my own practice, like walk, nature, hiking, maybe some mu musical instruments, etc. My first approach was very pragmatic. I was like a robot, okay, to perform better and not go crazy, I need to do like a checklist. Yeah. <laughs> like we all do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I need to have like deep conversations, but that was not from my intuition, like and from my heart. That was like, okay, I need to do this. I need to do practice deep conversation. I need to practice some embodiment practice, etc., etc., etc. So that started as very pragmatic approach, very pragmatic, very science based. This is what I love. And through like several years, I started to be kind of in touch with that feeling. Okay, that really works for me. Okay. That really changed uh, my inner state, that changes how I think, how I interact with other people. And I just loved what, what happens. So that was like an experiential. And later on, that basically like because when, whenever you feel something as a felt sense usually your mind start to find some proofs and whenever you start to research all of modern approaches to mental health you're gonna see that all working approaches in mental health they also have that bodily connection yeah. connection with your bodily sensation interoceptive awareness proprioceptive awareness and I like, okay, I had that aha moment and I just started to explore like a lot of different like things, approaches, cause uh, we're all different. Mm -hmm. Probably because I'm more like a DHD type of person. Yeah. And then I discovered that this is very common for a lot of people. They try to meditate and the goal of that meditation usually is to bring yourself into bodily sensation. But for most of the people, it works vice versa. You like dissociate. Yeah. And this is not uh, what that meditation is meant mean, mean for mm -hmm. originally. Then I understood that a lot of people, they don't, don't like just mental meditation, etc. They love to move. They love to explore like bodily sensation. And for most of them and for me, this is even more joyful. Yeah. Because you can go to massage and massage to some extent can be like your best spiritual practice. For sure. Ever. Yep. You just like observe, observe, observe. This is basically how I came to that uh, to that point. I like the point where you're saying connected to the bodies because a lot of people go to gym, a lot of people run and do mm -hmm. the work, and me including. But do I feel connected to my body? No, because as you said, I have a checklist and I'm just doing a checklist. Today I need to run, I need this and that. So how do you know that you are connecting to your body mm. versus I just run and I just feel good because I have some mm. endorphins coming out of me mm. when I run. It, it's a good question. Let's explore because I, I don't know what's the answer. My first idea is uh, getting back to your intention. Why are you doing this like physical activity? Because you're, you're right, like same physical activity done through different intentions can lead you to like completely different pathways for example i can go to gym and try to look better or try to be not myself or be someone else and like be like some 
guy who is dangerous or whatever, or who is liked by other women. And probably the same practice going to drive me to some unpleasant mental states. Because I'm going to compare myself, I'm going to judge myself, I'm going to dissociate myself with some uh, inner voices, inner talks. Still, uh, I guess that activity can be healthy, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. So probably everybody already have a lot of like physical activity, like gym, etc. And you can just revise them and ask yourself, okay, why am I, am I doing this? Can I do like the same, but through different perspective? It's easier to do the same because it's really hard to change habits. And uh, okay, I'm, I'm already doing some gym. Can I, next time, can I go to gym and just try to feel what is happening inside my muscle first? Not like even not trying to enjoy it, just, just observe. And I do remember my father in my childhood, he always like say to me, whenever you observe what is happening in your muscle, your muscles become uh, bigger. And that motivation basically worked for me. That, that, yeah. Yeah, uh, those days I didn't understood how wise it was, because for me, I don't understand why should I believe in this. But today, yeah, understand that this is like very, very, very right perspective. So you just, you just start to be more in your sensations. Yeah, I think it's a great point, because if you look in any gym these days, everybody wearing headphones, everybody's not there. They're just trying... Just trying to do the exercise, hopefully the time will pass by and they will suffer. They call it suffering. Yeah. And when you call something suffering, it's already... Yeah, whenever you don't have to suffer, okay, you can, you can suffer. <laughs> you don't have to suffer. It's like... It's your... Yeah, you don't have to suffer. Whenever in the gym you expose yourself to your inner sensations, just like physical level sensations, this is very fundamental for you to connect more with your nervous system, endocrine system, all of, all of those processes inside your body, which is usually done in Qigong practice, in any spiritual practice, because whenever we say usually like spiritual practice, this is some secret uh, shit, some yeah. cosmic stuff. But I love to see all of those practices on very down-to-earth approach. Your gym can be your spiritual practice. Yeah. You just shift perspective. Yeah. But from what I see, you use ropes. Mm. You use very unconventional movements. Mm. So where did this come from and what, why mm. this kind of training? Uh, a lot of people I'm inspired by in that field. And this is basically a combination of different approaches. I should mention probably Ida Portal. Ida Portal, uh, this is the guy in movement culture. Every movement culture, every movement um, direction you can see as going through different levels of ego development. Let's put this this way. For example, there is like yoga. Yeah. One word for completely different activities whenever they're done by different people. 100%. Uh, what I love uh, Ego Portal for, he is like, alchemist level, ego development uh, stage in uh, movement. Because in movement, there is so many layers. First layer is maybe a technical one. Second layer, 
what you observe whenever you move, what you feel whenever you move. Next layer, from what state you move. Are you in a playful state or you like rigid or you hate yourself while you move or you like fight yourself while you move? And going back to those different varied activities I do, like with ropes, etc. There is several studies about uh, playfulness. And they show us that whenever you are in a specific state, which describe as low stake activity, so you, you, you don't judge yourself, stakes are low, so this is not life-threatening situation. Your brain shifts to a different state and your endocrine system shifts to a different state. You have more brain-derived neurotrophic factors, BDNF, etc., etc., which describes that your neuroplasticity is high. In, in, and in that playful state, you basically learn things and change your wiring much, much faster uh, compared to like other states. And this is why in every movement activity, I try to bring that playfulness. And there is a, lo a lot of studies uh, in animals, like dogs, they love to play. Yeah. In wild nature, animals like monkeys, they love to play. That observation shows that whenever they able to play, they learn. They're able to learn, they're able to change uh, neural wirings, they're able to change behavior. Yeah, that's and why school sometimes is so so hard to learn because they yeah. force you to learn while yeah. they just let you play you yeah. learn way that's a good yeah that's a good point so and sometimes people they put themselves in that conditioning uh, which maybe was during school situation or maybe a domestication through parents and they continue to force themselves they become the worst judge of themselves and at some point, I found myself uh, in that situation. I used to go to gym. I used to like push myself, like very like pragmatically. What should I do? Check, 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 check to be in optimal position. I found myself hating all of, of these workouts, etc. And whenever some crisis situation happens in my life, like for example, I broke with my girlfriend, or I lost some like investor, I usually basically disattached myself from uh, that workouts for a while. And this is how I understood, okay, in a low energy situation, probably that workout drain even more energy, like mental energy or physical. And this is don't, does not serve me. I just have another, another work, <laughs> like, like separate work. Uh, and uh, then I started to explore basically through the help of Instagram. I started to like pick up different uh, influencers who like, Mm, I feel I love that approach to exercise, to bodily movement, to movement. Whenever you integrate some specific state into yourself, you start to see in others. Yes. Oh, I love that playful approach. Mm, another one. I, I love that holistic approach. Mm, I love how he approached like movement. And very fast, I, I had like probably like 20 different accounts, which I'm like just like followed. I start to communicate with them. I know a lot of them like personally. And this is how it's filled me with a lot of different modalities and movement like ropes, uh, yeah. primal flow, locomotion, etc., etc., etc. Beautiful. But yet, probably like first person to start, maybe like Kido Portal. Like. Okay, let's turn to emotions since we're talking about body. I think emotions is an important part of holistic 
health and happiness, and then we're going to talk about AI. Um, so you have this project called Emotional Tantra, mm-hmm. which I guess the goal is to connect people to emotions. So I want to start from like general view. What do you think people are so disconnected mm-hmm. from their emotions, including myself? Mm-hmm. I actually suffer from that. That's why I'm so interested yeah. in your answer. It's it's funny you you're asking me about emotion from the person who's like uh, uh, mostly like ma- mathematician and uh, applied physician. So I used to be a person who completely disconnected from emotion or from bodily uh, sensation, like full disclaimer. But probably this is why I'm good at how to bring others who also like disconnected originally who more like intellectual, who come from like intellectual families. At some point, then COVID situation happened. That was 2020, I guess. I used to live in San Francisco and two of my my best friends, they just proposed me to live on a ranch, on a huge ranch. I used to be like a person who very snobbish to like connection with people. I like, okay, I love to be on my own. Yeah, I was very like introvertive. Okay, so we decided, okay, let's let's uh, let's try to live on a ranch. Um, you probably know uh, those Esalen, Esalen Institute in California. They used to be uh, the the guys who brought spirituality to US in sixties. We just rented a ranch from them, which used to cost like. Uh, half a million uh, USD per month and we just rented for 35,000 because like nobody, nobody, nobody. Uh, they had a lot of uh, debt because every retreat they just canceled. Yeah. And uh, that, that was like a huge ranch with like uh, 35 buildings and we just started to invite our friends to live uh, together. Yeah. And it's very quickly, maybe like in a month, they that ranch was completely like filled up with people and it, it started for me it's it's like nightmare because a lot of people yeah in one place you don't have walls you always meet each other but actually that becomes like the most transformative time of my life then i understood how transformative and healing can be just vulnerable, honest connection to another human being. And that was really funny because all of those people who came to the ranch, I used to know them. For example, one of them, um, Max, he is a venture capital investor from Thunder Valley. And I, I used to know him like for five years before the ranch. And I used to think about him as some just like jerk, like, uh, just a person I meet sometimes whenever I need to pitch my startup to an investor. <laughs> and he is like asshole, nothing to do with him. And probably he he thought the uh, same about me. But whenever you happen to be in one place and you start to have like dinner every day together, every day you cross walk uh, on because like a lot of open space over there, you can't pretend that you are somebody else, because it's like very drainy to pretend that you like somebody yeah. whenever you don't, to pretend that you're not feeling something whenever you don't. And all uh, your inner uh, honest 
feelings, anger, sadness, they start to come up. And I was lucky that at this moment I was very experiential in all of those like circling, uh, uh, like guided practices, how to express your feelings in a safe manner. And I decided, okay, let's just practice all of, uh, let me just bring all of this into the space because uh, we started to see a lot of conflict situation start to like emerge. And in a week, I just become, this is like best, this is my best friend. And whenever you meet like every day, all of those people, and you just can be a bit more honest, a bit more vulnerable, that become healing by itself. Yeah. For me, that I used to work fast and better than any like psychotherapy, uh, which I used to have before. Interesting. Because this is just a horizontal connection to others. Then you iteratively, you invite each other being more vulnerable. Beautiful. Being more vulnerable, being more honest. And this is it. Yeah. This is it's just like one uh, ingredient. Yeah. At, at some point, I understood that uh, ca- uh, emotion and the bodily sensations plays very important role in being vulnerable because we all are uh, domesticated by our parents, we all domesticated by living in a social environment, we, uh, then we try to be comfortable. We try to be accepted by others in our school, in university. We need to behave. And probably most of your listeners and uh, in, in our like surrounding are the people who came from intellectual families, who used to suppress anger, who used to suppress sexuality, who used to suppress hatred, etc., etc., etc. This is why all of those frameworks, like uh, nonviolent communication, etc., they does not work. Because whenever you communicate with other living being through framework, that's become very quickly weaponized. Yes. Because you, you, you hide your emotions and you try to manipulate with all of those woo yeah. words. Okay, I feel that you judge myself and uh, you should not do this because that's become weaponized very fast. Yeah. That does not help. And what is what is helps whenever you find for yourself practice or space which do work for you to be a bit more authentic in your emotions. Yeah. And this is hard. This is not easy because, uh, for example, it's easy to share with you, for example, I feel joy, I feel gratitude because all of those, like they very socially likable, socially acceptable and people love to be across other people who feel gratitude, who feel love, etc. And this is uh, how we can end up in place with like just light workers and uh, light, yeah. love, gratitude, etc. What is challenging? How can I express in honest connections? For example, express sadness. I express uh, anger or even hatred. Because uh, this is not that uh, anger or hatred which uh, leads uh, to violence. Mostly this is suppressed. Anger and hatred 
which is like manipulated sideways singer, which leads to all of those talks, demonization, etc., yeah. uh, etc. Et so, how would you express to somebody hatred? I think you start from intention. Okay, I have an intention to be with you a bit more honest, a bit more vulnerable, but at the same time, I understand that we are different. We always interpret each other, what we say, what does it mean about me, myself. So I'm just uh, have intention to do my best to be a bit more honest and a bit more vulnerable. And I will try to find a way through playful interaction. Maybe we can uh, just uh, sing with each other or we can uh, have ecstatic dance together. And uh, with uh, that ecstatic dance, it, it's already like probably create some uh, space for expression. And it's okay, for example, to be loud there or maybe cry or maybe to express anger. And it depends from the space, uh, it depends from uh, settings, but we can find for us some context to be expressed and to be seen. And it's not, uh, it should not be just a conversation because conversation have so many layers. It's so hard. For example, if, if I just can say like, oh, I feel so angry. You, you already can project on you that, okay, maybe it's because on you, or you can have your personal experience, or we should be like very like trauma aware that, okay, somebody can't handle even glimpse of anger. Yes. And we should respect it. Yes. So coming back to your question, I guess this is an intention and you have so many different tools and the more tools you have like dance, uh, instruments, singing, uh, conversation, etc. Uh, the more chances you have to connect. Yeah. I love that because you're right. Most of the frameworks, they use words. Yeah. They try to figure out how to say the same thing, but being going around the book. Yeah. 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 Trying to say, I don't want to say I hate you, but you know. Yeah. But whenever I feel that you like angry, angry, but you're trying to do some comfortable words, that bring even more distrust. Yeah. So it's much better to express it for other means that are non-violent for other person, but yep. at least you can just show how you feel mm -hmm. and that will send them a signal, but also will make you less angry, I guess. Yeah, yeah. like one of the questions uh, I usually have for myself, like how can I express, for example, anger in that connection but make it safe for other person and for myself. Yeah. And let's bring some wonder, curiosity to the questions and just let explore. That's very cool. Yeah. yeah. Without pressure. <laughs> <laughs> you have a good podcast on bunch of emotions. You did one on jealousy that I really liked. Mm. Um, and one part that was interesting to me because you ask 100 people and 99 will say jealousy is a negative feeling. Yeah. But what you are saying in that podcast, paraphrasing, that jealousy can also be positive. Yep. It does not have to be negative. So yeah. how do you see jealousy? Mm. Yes, it's a super good question. To some point, you believe that all emotion are caused by somebody else. 
yes. for some particular situation. But in a lot of like spiritual practices, in a lot of modern approaches to psychotherapy, they have that concept of owning your emotion. Uh-huh. How can I stop blaming my jealousy, stop blaming others? And at that point, okay, who should I blame? Maybe myself <laughs> then, <laughs> but even yourself. Because this has just happened. This is just a representation of some interplay of your nervous system, endocrine system, your fascia, your like muscles. This is not that your emotion is not true, but your emotion is not a reality. But at the same time, that emotion is very important because this is happening. Yes. Emotion itself is true. But you have a lot of narratives, a lot of inner voices, which basically blocks you from experiencing that emotions by itself. And that emotions can guide you to a lot of different places. But you start from coming out from that loop. Whenever, okay, I feel jealous because of that person. Whenever I feel jealous, this is how I understand that something wrong with other person. Or at some point, whenever I feel jealous, uh, I understand that something wrong with me. All of these you can see as loops. Yes. Which basically stops you from just letting that emotion be and letting that emotion flow through your nervous system. Just flow. This is how you can stop judging emotion as good or bad because whenever even even if you judge emotion okay let's see something good in that emotion this is also can be a loophole yes you justifying you justify yeah because it's good because oh for example i hate that person like you can okay i hate that person because he's bad this is why 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 next stage why am I hating that person? This is so good person. Maybe this is because I'm bad. Uh, this is why I'm hating. I can't hate. Uh, can I stop hating that person? This is also just create more hate inside. Yes. Yeah. Because you in that worst situation inside yourself, that blocks you just from being in that emotion and let it flow. Yeah. This is what we explore in that emotional tantra. That is like so many. There is like so many like meta meta skills. How you can see what is happening inside you. And uh, jealousy is is very is is very very good example because at some point uh, in your psychical development, you're capable notice that emotion inside your body. And this is very physical experience, like interceptive proprioceptive awareness. You're capable of owning that emotion. And okay, you can notice that your brain try to create narrative that someone else is a bad person. Yeah. Uh, someone else uh, is responsible for emotions. You can notice it, but still own. Okay, this is my emotions. Yeah. Nobody to blame, even myself. Yeah, that's this is very good. And and at some point, whenever you have already some connection to that uh, relation, to that emotion, 
you can find yourself that at that point it can become safe to bring that emotion to other person. Then whenever I, I honestly I can say, okay, I notice that I'm jealous and I notice how I'm trying to blame you. Yeah. But I understand that this is not you to blame, this is not me, and I just feel jealous. That's right. And you can you can see that that can be more already like more from the state of vulnerability in that connection whenever I bring jealousy that can became even as a bridge to a more deeper connection with you so this is how you can see jealousy not as a destroyer of relationship but uh, maybe it can become the most vulnerable moment in your relationship so you can be more honest more vulnerable, and that can bring a very good conversation. Yeah, because a yeah. lot of the jealousy is because something is untold. Yeah, that you don't understand something. Something is there that that you cannot process. So you try to find answers yourself. Untold, you, you and you play hide and seek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hide and seek, blame others, blame yourself. So you are in a polymerous relationships. Yep, which is like the. I guess, structure where jealousy can be very evident. Then, but many people yeah. would say, wow. Yeah. Um, so you have a partner and you have another partner. So there's three of you in this relationship. Yeah. And me thinking from my unexperienced mind, I would be if my wife had another man in her life, even though we would have great relationship, I would be accepting at some point, I would be like, am I good enough? <laughs> mm. because there's somebody else. So how did you, did, do you navigate this situation? Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. Uh, yeah, I should I should bring a bit more context that I used to be in a different relationship. So at some point in my life, I used to be in a relationship with two women and me. Today, this is like two men and one women, woman. And that basically felt sense and experience my prior prior experience for sure helped me for sure helped me to relate and to be able to take perspectives because at some point of my life i understood how i can love many people and uh, this is not a competition and this is not a kind of game uh, to be like better or worse. And intellectually, I have that bridge. But anyway, uh, in that kind of relationship, I experienced a lot of jealousy. So I did experience jealousy. And for me, that was very important at some point to notice that I can experience jealousy because to some point of my life, I was uh, downplaying jealousy, as a lot of people do, because uh, in cultural hypnosis, there's like a lot of beliefs that to feel jealous is like weak position. Yeah. And you, to feel angry. Yeah, to feel angry, because you need to be like uh, such stoic, calm, especially in that man culture. You need to be like entrepreneur who's like manage his emotions well. And to feel jealousy is like very weak. And this is why usually uh, a lot of people, they 
reject feeling jealous, jealousy. They like hide jealousy from themselves. But you are right. Whenever you hide something, that's gonna manipulate you. Yes, that's gonna manipulate you for sure. And that kind of relationship was not easy for me because I do have uh, probably some child adaptation. I'm the only child in my uh, uh, from my parents. Yeah, that's what exactly what I thought. Uh, I thought because I'm also the only child. If, yeah. Uh, Every all attention is on you. It's yeah, yeah. Very hard for you to like. Okay, now we have to share. Yeah, yeah. Even when I had kids, it was like my wife would take attention from me to my kids, and yeah. at some point I would feel like, wow. Yeah, in what the families, this has become a problem. <laughs> and we have to adapt. You either adapt yeah. or you fail. I guess. Yeah. I, I had to accept. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. This is normal, and this is just an emotion that yeah. I feel, and it is okay. But with this relationship, when you have other person in your relationship that you yeah. chose to be yeah. uh, that is very interesting yeah yeah and um, as as you said you feel jealous this is how you feel and you're super lucky in your relationship whenever you can bring it up yeah. and you can imagine nightmare whenever you feel jealousy and you can't even speak about this in that relationship I was luckier that uh I'm really deep in emotions and this is like just my personal personal practice and my partners they're like super open, uh, very receptive and very open to discuss all of those situations whenever whenever happens. So that become like a playground to experience all of this and express. But that that was not easy. I had uh, so many situations whenever I feel myself as a child who is not getting attention. Uh, from loving mother and that attention goes to somebody else and usually it's okay whenever you are resourceful you have uh, like your work is in a good shape uh, but I saw whenever you are not resourceful for example whenever you are sick then you become very fragile to those like um child adaptation as they call them or like child uh, trauma yeah you are lucky whenever you can notice it and bring it up to the conversation so you had both scenarios which i didn't know so you had a scenario where there was two women relationship yeah. and you and now there's two men and one woman so i guess just i never had any of this so for me like thinking about it probably for me would be easier if it was two women and one man, but since you experienced both, how would you compare those two and which one, I guess, mm. is sort of easier or easier to adapt? It's, it's, a, it's a good question. It's, it's really hard to compare because I would say that right now, me in the, bo in the best possible mental shape in that regard. Yeah. But this is probably not because uh, that particular setup is like some superior one. But back in the time then I, I was in the situation with like several women, I was not so experienced in uh, processing and sharing my emotions. And I, I used to have a lot of shame for myself because... I used to frequently, I used to find myself in a situation whenever I experience love 
for example, to one of the women's. And at, at the same point, I, I experienced like self-shame that I'm not at the moment this other. Yeah. And uh, that that was uh, that was not easy one. I uh, that like drained a lot of energy because uh, it's it it it, it was uh, like you have like several kind of characters inside yourself which like disconnected. Yeah. Like several realities which was really hard to merge at that point just because I was not so experienced in. Uh, processing such emotions and sharing kind of com communicating such emotion with like all of the partners I see I see and this is like super important now, now like thank you for that question because like now now like getting back and like tracking that change in my inner state I appreciate even more how your ability to connect with your bodily sensations to process your emotions not to find them and like to discuss all of this, like how it's important not just on my like personal well-being, but even on how can I like project myself on my work and like yeah. The other are there's lots of interesting things, <laughs> um, and I do want to talk about AI for sure because oh yeah, you, let's. but I guess let's move to AI. Uh, I talk here a lot about spirituality in this podcast, and uh, to me, to some degree, it feels like AI bring us further from spirituality, mm. but some would say that AI helps us maybe to understand who we are and get us closer. So what is your view on interrelationship between AI and spirituality? Not religion, but just getting connected to the source, to yourself, to the others. Mm -hmm. I start with very uh, down-to-earth example. Through the past development of technology, even like if I'm tracking back just like last year, I saw that in my work routine, I was able to spend three times more time in nature while doing the work versus like laptop in my office. And I reflected on this a lot. And what I saw that basically represents the idea that the technology is itself is benevolent. It's like you can basically distract yourself with technology even more whenever you want to, or you can become even closer to nature, even closer to your like human substance, develop even deeper connection uh, with other people, be more uh, connected with your emotions, etc., etc., etc. And in that particular example, I saw that a lot of work which uh, used to be done in my uh, kind of office space uh, uh, behind laptop, then you see it like this very unnatural yeah. posture, which is very un unnatural 
very not bio, not biomechanical and basically drives a lot of illness and disconnection. I saw that a lot of work right now, I can just speak back and forth with like GPT-4, for example, and uh, have some basic like documents, uh, templates, etc., just sent to my other co-workers while me hiking in a forest. Yeah. I imagined myself that that trend could go even farther. For example, uh, you can imagine uh, at some point, maybe like in several years, just wearing VR glasses. You can see normally whatever happening in the forest, but you can see so many like screen interfaces whenever needed. And that voice-to-voice interface, it's already very good because of LLMs. This is like major, what, what I see right now, even not revolution in uh, intelligence, but this is like brought a revolution in voice interface that was not capable before. Before, you, sh- you, you have to be very precise yeah. how to phrase words so your, like some program or machine can understand you. That was very stupid. Yeah. Right now, you can uh, speak like gibberish, mix uh, Russian, English, uh, slang, whatsoever, and it still can't understand me better than my assistant or other colleagues. And uh, you can imagine myself in several years just like I love I love being nature. I love hike, barefoot. I love to experience touch, smells. I love to feel myself as a monkey in a forest. Yeah. As this is very like transcendental experience for me. But still I want to express myself, to project myself into the world. I want to surf like a bigger community. I love to be in service. I love to feel that I need it by someone. So I don't want to downshift in a forest just like going barefoot Uh, i love to do my work and this is crazy how you can enable whenever you have that vision and intention you can enable like a millionaire lifestyle well so you use gpt as a voice which is something that yeah yeah i i used uh, i used gpt4 as a voice interface to brainstorm ideas Uh, for example I have podcast. Uh, very frequently, how do I prepare to my podcast? I, I, I love to talk with somebody because like I have like a DHD mind, uh, very hard to focus and bring ideas uh, in a blank page. So I just usually go for a walk and start to speak with GPT about all of those like ideas, context, which like um, brought to me related to the person I want to invite. And I usually ask GPT to ask me questions, ask me like open-ended questions to help me unpack that ideas. And I usually go for a walk maybe for an hour, speak with GPT, and then at the end I I just, okay, summarize to uh, two hours conversations with timestamps 
propose me some categories. And is it an app on a phone that does work? App, oh, app on the phone, yeah. What's the name of the app? Because we will be asking. So this is like, yeah, this is official app from uh, OpenAI. Yeah, ChatGPT4. And you just put it on and then you just talk on your ear. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you can, you can, right now you have like several regimes. You can like speak uh, back and forth. I love more like speak and see results. Yeah. Uh, and still uh, for me it works uh, better. But uh, for a lot of my like friends, entrepreneurs, that basically changed completely how they they, they started to move again. Mm-hmm. They started to move again because, for example, you're familiar with that concept that uh, for your physical health and mental health, it's very important at least like very frequently move, like like every not even every hour, like every 45 minutes, mm-hmm. at least you need to move like at like 10 minutes. And moving soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's hard for me still, like with yeah. my ribs. Uh, this chat GPT, and this is just a start. You I use it as a chat, right? I see that's that's why it's yeah. even interesting yeah. for me because I prepare for the yeah. podcast, but I sit down in my yeah. office, what do you yeah. call office in Bali, and then I write yeah. down things, and then it generates stuff. But now I know I can just do it through. Yeah, yeah. Like imagine maybe 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 you had sometimes experience uh, for a long time. Like I had I had like several assistants, but for a long time I was uh, it it wasn't comfortable, you know, to use your assistant. Like let me just speak and you prepare stuff. Yeah. It's like mm, that's like some stupid work. Yeah. Okay, I do it myself. But with with GPT four, it's like it's it's always listening to you yeah all all its attention on you and this is just a start and uh, coming back to that question is it brings more like uh, connection to yourself to other people's spirituality what i'm trying to bring that it's uh, benevolent it's all depends on your uh, perspective and intention and what i'm trying to do in my work is like I have two big direction in my work. One is uh, deeper connection to other human being. I do believe this is like forever important things, and now it's becoming even more important. And psychotherapy is very good, but it's not gonna do its job by its own. With still human being, we love to play around with each other, yeah. dance, whatever. And this is one direction, but Another direction is uh, like for a long time, like like all uh, like even like from 2002, from my education, etc., is AI, artificial intelligence, and I love to see, like, ask questions. I love to ask myself uh, myself questions. How can I bring more connection with the help of AI? Because for sure, AI can disconnect as any technology. You, you can imagine yourself, for example, I played around with me journey. You can g- generate like sexy images, whatever. And myself, like I just like, I, I lost myself like for several days, just generating like sexy, sexy images here. Yeah. Uh, like, wow, that's powerful. Okay. <laughs> and you can imagine it's, it's already here. It's like, give a year and you're going to have real-time generated uh, realistic videos whatever you want whatever you want 
Whenever you can imagine, this is like that's horribly dangerous. Yes, true. Actually, I was yeah, I was looking at your Instagram and there was deep fake of you. Yeah. Selling people some stuff and it I looked at it, it looked so real. Yeah. That was uh, like two years ago, then it was not even like fashionable uh, uh, <laughs> to have it so fake. I think this is sort of a danger. Yeah. Because soon us will be talking, but somebody else will create what are we talking about. Yeah. And then people will be going to be watching and believing that it is us. So how do you navigate that? Because this is, seems like uh, something. Yeah, this is, this, is why, this is why I do believe that just rejecting AI is not the case because it's happening anyway and to kind of face all of those challenges you need to lead this you need to understand what is capable how can i use same technology but in a different direction to make us even closer to each other to to make us understand each other's perspectives, to make us in a deeper connection uh, with uh, your body, with divine, maybe to free up some time to be more connection with your service, your mission. You can bring so many aspects in spirituality which can be enhanced by it and uh, empowered. But what I'm saying that you're completely right. AI will bring a lot of horrible stuff so this is basically amplifier yeah but we need more people on a on a good side yeah, yeah, yeah. on a good side who can not just reject that all ai is um, bad or wrong or disconnect us who are able to see how can we leverage same technology to bring even more connection during the time when it needed most. So for somebody who is listening to us and they want to start, you start early, uh, you're a pioneer in this, but somebody who is watching now, they're like, I really want to make a difference work on AI projects. So how can they start? What they can look at? Hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. With my partners, we experiment a lot uh, with how we can bring more people to AI make it more useful in uh, their lives like already today and what we saw because for example like every three months we have a group uh, like close uh, group of entrepreneurs who like founders of big companies and we just like explore together like how they leverage ai in their personal life in companies etc and what we find out this is like super interesting that number one factor that you change your perspective on AI and you're gonna start to integrate AI in your life is that you will find not some crazy powerful application for a new business or some disrupting ideas but that you're able to integrate AI in the very, very simple activities in your life, like how you, for example, develop some stories narrative for your kids, 
how you engage with help of chat GPT to explain some difficult concept with your kids, how to play with your elderly uh, and uh, help them with AI. So you just start to develop perspective, okay, even if you uh, C-level executive, you start with your personal life. Yeah. How my personal life right now, today, can be more meaningful, more engaging, more, more fun, but very important perspective, how that AI bring more connection to my life, not less. Yes. And let me give you some example. For example, GPT-4 can generate uh, stories for kids before night. But how you can approach it? One, which I see very unhealthy, you delegate to GPT your kid. You're like, okay, yeah, uh, kid, okay, I, I'm really bored to read your stories. This is device. I bought the device which gonna, uh, before, before bed, uh, read your books. <laughs> do that and everybody did. Everybody did. It's okay. No shame on you. But I myself, I'm, I'm, I'm really not very creative on imagining new story for my uh, for kids. But what I can I do? I can uh, see it with, uh, with the kids, start to communicate with uh, them. Okay, what you've done today? What do you like? What challenges to the, like from work, etc. And all of these uh, contexts can be put in a chat GPT and we can create some story together, which very uh, first, I'm, that already become a context of my conversation. Uh, second, I can read that story to kids from myself and that basically empowers me to become a better parent. Yeah. I was not able to develop my engaging stories with the kid and basically interact with them, change stories. How do we want the story change? How do we want the story develop next, etc.? And whenever you shift your perspective, you start to notice more and more applications which empowers you to be a better parent, better partner, more loving, more engaging, more empathetic, more creative. And this is how I believe that uh, in the long term can bring more people on a site which are directly benefited from AI and reach empower their lives and uh, collectively drives that AI develop development not to the dystopian scenario. Yeah. Then you have all of those like big corporations, CIA, government, which like control stuff, which can happen. Yeah. Yeah. Because on a side note, I listened to a few of your podcasts on AI, which is really good. And one you were yeah. discussing with one guy about utopian school. Yeah. That like school in the future, there's no teachers. And I'm like, yeah, but wouldn't it be better if teachers would get inspiration from, let's say that, and become better teachers? Uh, so do you think that in future there's no teachers at all? Or do you think there's going to be some kind of a mix? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good question. I uh, What I imagined uh, first that uh, today in Nigeria, for example, you just don't have teachers for a lot of for a lot of kids, and uh, you don't even have uh, those who can be just like um, kind, compassionate coach. Yes. Unfortunately. Yeah. But uh, what I do believe in ideal scenario, teacher can be like a 
connection point like he can engage he can be a coach he can focus on how to uh support but uh that ai agents we already like i have a lot of friends who developing educational products and what we have seen in terms of technicality it's already uh, our compete like best of the best teachers in terms of the speed how fast uh, students get some specific concept yeah. and i guess that should be delegated uh, for sure cuz imagine how many kids globally have uh, basically connection to best of the best teachers maybe like in us maybe in some outliers like here but this is not common and the more kids gonna receive just common level of good education the better and what is more important what i have seen that most of the development and discussion right now focus that okay cost of intelligence is going to zero but what i've seen already whenever you communicate with gpt4 i can say that not even cost of intelligence but also compassion kindness empathy yeah which is very super important for healthy human development yes and how many kids have that ability to receive kindness compassion and empathy i'm sure not uh, not all of them even if they have like human being yes uh, nearby but what i see that ai in a in a good scenario can be a moderator or like facilitator like enhancer yes it should eliminate it should not eliminate like human connection but it can kind of it's it, it's it's really strange to say but it can make it more human <laughs> I, i love again when you're talking about agi which is artificial general intelligence in one of your posts and you said that people a lot of people try to control it yeah. what you have to do is try to love it and respect it yeah. like you would somebody else and then the result will be if you love and respect somebody it's, it's impossible to control it yeah yeah they'll yeah. love respect you and you, you you can you can imagine like it's it's funny even uh my communication with gpt4 whenever i find myself in very angry state and try to start to hate it oh you're a stupid machine nothing happens yeah. it's like magically but uh, this is because i'm projecting my anger and i start to pick what to be angry about this is like endless endless circle and whenever i try to be very like grateful oh, thank you for that you're amazing etc it sounds stupid but I basically communicating with myself. This is my mirror. Yeah. And I start to cultivate more and more and more like this and I start to find mm, that can be helpful and here and here and here and here. Powerful. I feel we could talk about AI all day so <laughs> probably we should do part two. but the last question I ask everybody who come is according to Dima how to live a happy and fulfilling life. I would say that is just to be with your feeling and let everything be not trying to pursue happy life because uh, it's strange and i i love to invite some uh, reflection on this 
but whenever you try to be in very specific happy life, happy states, that by itself can become a curse. Like, oh, I'm not still happy. This is not this, that uh, specific optimal state. Oh, I'm so happy because I'm not happy. And uh, for myself, I usually answer for me because for everybody it's different. Uh, how can I be more connected to myself, to my feeling and be able to share with other human being and be more a bit more honest and being more vulnerable whenever i'm happy just to say i am still sad etc beautiful thank you Dima. it was amazing thank you so much i enjoyed a lot the conversation please guys like and subscribe and who knows maybe i will talk to you in the future bye bye (laughs) maybe it's already ai yes (laughs) you never know (laughs) the defect